Today, I'm going to be wrapping up our series on power, and, uh, and, and we've been doing it for about a month, and whenever I think power, I think like physical power, like physical strength. That was like the first thing that I really thought of. And when I was in, in high school and middle school, not that I was physically strong, but I would stay up late at night during the summer, and I'd watch ESPN, and on ESPN late at night, they would always show uh, the world's strongest man competitions, and I loved watching those. Like, they'd pick up VW Bugs. They're, they're picking up Volkswagens and carrying them. They're, they got these huge stones. They're called the Atlas Stones, and they weigh like a bunch of kilos. And I don't know how much a kilo weighs, but like it just sounds like it weighs a whole lot. All right? And they, um, they're, they're pulling buses. They're throwing these, these kegs like straight over their head and over this, this bar that's behind them. It, it's incredible. My favorite was always Magnus Samuelson. He's, I mean, he was the strongest man in my eyes. All right? Maybe y'all didn't watch it. But, but power is more than just uh, physical strength and physical power. Uh, Forbes lists the, the top, however many, most powerful people in the world. And number nine on that list, number nine, is Mark Zuckerberg, the creator of Facebook. All right? Facebook. He's the number nine. Like, Facebook is not even anything really real. Like, you can't, like, it's in the air. It's in tubes. Like, it's on your screen and on your phone, but nowhere else. I mean, Facebook. He's ahead of the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, all right? The UK. Facebook is more powerful than you. Uh, he's he, he's the, the president of India. Like, India, the second most populous country in the entire world, all right? Over a billion. Facebook beats you out. That's crazy to think about. Face, um, power is more than just physical strength or political power, but more importantly, we've been talking not about that kind of stuff. We've been talking about God's power, and over the past few weeks, Cliff's talked about how God has power without equal. He's talked about how God has the power that kills and that God has the power that breaks down barriers. And this morning, I'm going to talk to you out of the same passage that, that Cliff's been coming from about the power that builds. All right? So before we do that, let's pray and, uh, and get our minds right. So let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this time. God, I thank you for um, the fact that you are so powerful God, and that you are, you are building, you're building us. And God, I ask that this morning that we would hear from you and that, God, that you would speak to each and every heart, each and every person individually and in a very personal way. God, I thank you so much for all that you do. And I pray this all in your name. Amen. All right. So this morning we're going to be coming from uh, Ephesians chapter 2. If you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Um, it's in the New Testament. If you don't have your Bible, we will put it on the screen. Um, but we encourage you to bring your Bible because we want you to read it from your own Bible, so, like the Bible that you read from normally. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, come talk to me afterwards or talk to somebody and we'll get you one, I promise. But uh, Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to read verses 19 through 22. This is coming out of the ESV. Uh, Cliff normally preached out of the NIV, but, um, so, but this is, I like this translation, so that's what I read. Anyway, so let's read uh, verses 19 through 22. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. All right, now let's just be honest. Sometimes if you read the Bible really quickly, it'll fly over your head. Like, there are passages in the Bible where you read it and you're like, oh, I know exactly what that says. I know what that means. I can apply that to my life immediately. 
All right. Then there are other times you read the Bible and, and it, it, it just kind of, I don't know, it, 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 it could go over your head. You, you'll, you'll miss the point because sometimes I think that we just read it too fast. Like me personally, sometimes I read looking for a period. And I don't know if you noticed, but like the first three verses there, 19 through 21, it's one sentence. All right. That has to be a run on in my mind. Like, did Paul not take grammar? Like my, my teacher taught me that if, if it's more than like three lines, it's a run on. It's wrong no matter what. She didn't really teach me that, but I feel like that's true. All right. So like sometimes I, I read just kind of looking for a period and like, and, I, and I'll get like halfway through like a, a section and, I'm, and I realize Paul is right. This is one sentence. How does this write? And so like I have to stop, slow down, go back and really think about it. So this morning, that's what I want us to do, to stop and kind of slow down. Because let's be honest, this isn't the most easy passage to understand. And I'm not calling myself a Bible expert. I'm not saying that I'm smarter than you. But I have spent some time looking at this. I have spent some time reading about this and praying about it and kind of trying to study it. So let's, uh, let's go back and read um, Ephesians 2, 19, just, just the first verse here. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. All right, now it's important to understand that, that when th- th- this, uh, the book of Ephesians, Paul was writing to the church in the city of Ephesus. He was writing to the church, but specifically to Christians. He's not writing this, like this is not encouragement or instruction for non-Christians. This is, he's speaking directly to Christians. And what he says to them here is that if you're in Christ, then you're no longer strangers and you're no longer aliens, all right? So that's if you're in Christ. Now, if you aren't in Christ, then you are a stranger, and you are an alien, okay? Now, not E.T. alien. We're talking more like alien as in, uh, like, like, okay, they, they're like an illegal alien, all right? Jesus said, or Paul says that if you're in Christ, then you're no longer an alien. You're now a citizen, all right? You're a citizen of the kingdom of God. Now, think about just being a citizen of the United States, because we're citizens of the United States, we get these freedoms, we have these rights, like the right to, to, to bear arms or the, the freedom to religion, the freedom to be here on a Sunday morning, the freedom of speech and of press, and there's all kinds of liberties and freedoms that I don't even remember from my you know, government class in high school, but uh, the point is that, that we've got a lot of freedoms and a lot of liberties just because we live here, just because we're citizens of the United States, all right, but... but it, If you're in Christ, you're also a citizen of the kingdom of God. And that comes with its own freedoms and its own liberties. All right? Like, we have, we're we're freedom, we're free from the power of death. We're free from the power of sin. All right? Because we are citizens of the kingdom of God, like one day, not right now, but one day, we will get to live in God's kingdom, live in heaven with Christ for all of eternity. All right? That, that, that's, that's incredible. All right? That's incredible to think about. So if you're in Christ, then you are, then you're, you're a citizen. You're, not, you're, you're no longer an alien. Now you're a citizen. It doesn't get much better than that. Well, it does, really, because, because it doesn't, it, it, we, aren't, we aren't citizens by naturalization. We aren't citizens because we passed some kind of test, like the citizenship test, which, from what I understand, like most U.S. citizens really couldn't pass that. But like, uh, it, we, aren't, we don't become citizens of God's kingdom because, of, because we pass a test or because we meet some kind of criteria. We're, we're citizens of God's kingdom because not only, not only that, but we are, we're accepted into his household. All right? We're, we're no longer strangers. We're now a part of God's family. See, because before you're in Christ, you're a stranger to God. In Matthew chapter 7, uh, Jesus is talking about 
in the end, when people come to him, and some, many are going to come and say, Lord, Lord, remember me? Like we were friends, like I went to church that time, remember me? And Jesus is going to say, depart from me, for I never knew you. Depart from me, you're a stranger. If you're in Christ, you're no longer a stranger. You've been adopted by God. Right? You've been adopted as his own son or his own daughter. I mean, think about it. Who, that makes God your dad. All right? Like the whole thing about my dad can beat up your dad. Like, really? My dad, no, man, he can beat up your dad. Unless your dad's God too, in which case we're brothers. All right? It doesn't matter. Uh, but like God, the almighty creator of everything that we see, the most powerful being in the world, like there's nothing, power without equal, like nothing comes close to God's power. And so, uh, God is our Father. Not just almighty, powerful, kind of distant. No, He's our Father who loves us, who wants what's best for us, who wants to see us succeed. Maybe not what's best in our eyes, and maybe not success in our own eyes, but He wants what's really best for us, and what's really success in our lives, alright? Like, God is our Father. He, he adopted us as His own son. We're no longer aliens. If you're in Christ, you're no longer a- an alien in God's kingdom. You're a citizen. All the rights and all the liberties. If you're in Christ, then you're no longer uh, a stranger to God. You're his, he adopted you as his own son or daughter. Like before we get into talking about the power that builds and all that stuff, like it's just like I wanted to touch on this because this is so good. Like I feel like we could technically go home right now because that's, that's, good, that's, that's really good. But let's keep reading uh, verses 20 and 21. It says, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. All right. Uh, What is God building? God is building his church. Quite simply. God is building his church. Now, before we, it's important for us to understand God's church. All right. God's church is a lot bigger than Freedom Fellowship. It's a lot bigger than just Southern Baptist. It's a lot bigger than just white people. Because, I mean, if you look around the room, we're really white in here, right? It's not really by design. Me, Cliff, and Donnie, we don't, and Chris, we don't sit down with our pastoral staff meetings and be like, how can we really just reach out to white people, right? It's not our intent. Like, just being real, like, God does what we can't do in uniting Christians together, all right? Christians worldwide diverse as can be, the kingdom of heaven is going to be a lot more brown than it is white. And if you've got a problem with that, then you need to, you need to take that up with Jesus. All right? Listen, but, but uh, whether, you're, whether you're white or black or brown or polka dotted or whatever, all right, God is uniting Christians into his holy church. All right? Now, we are a temple to the Holy Spirit, right? He, he says that he, he's a, uh, what does it say in, in, in 21? That God's building it into a holy temple to the Lord, all right? God's building us into a holy temple, but we are, ourselves are a holy temple, right? Your body is a, a, a temple to the Holy Spirit. Paul talks about that in First and in Second Corinthians. But like, where your body is definitely a holy temple to the Lord, your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit, you also are just one brick in the greater structure that is the church, God is building his church using you and using me as bricks. Man. Uh, so, so God's building his church. How? 
Like, how is God building his church? For, for one, God is building his church on the foundation of the, of the prophets and the apostles. That's what he says in verse, in verse 20, that God's building his church on the foundation of the prophets and the, apostles, and the apostles. He's not building it on good works. God's not building his church on, uh, on where you're from. Like, we're from the south, and everybody around here is Christians. Or who your family is, because the Jews wanted to believe that because they were descendants of Abraham, that they didn't have anything to worry about. No, God's building it on what the, what the prophets and what the apostles taught. And what do they teach? They taught Jesus. They, they taught Jesus. God's building his church on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the foundation. All right? Whenever the, the prophets um, in the Old Testament, whether they were saying, hey, listen, a Savior's coming, or whether they were saying, hey, Israel, you are utterly sinful hopelessly rebellious, you need to turn from your wicked ways, you need to be saved, you, you need something, redemption of some sort. It's all pointing to Jesus Christ. And the, the apostles, these were the guys handpicked by Jesus to carry on his ministry. These were the guys who, who were preaching repentance, like repent from your sins and turn to Christ. The apostles and prophets, what did they teach? They taught Jesus. All right, It's important for us to to, to grab that Jesus um, is, is the foundation and the only foundation. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 11, it says, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. There's only one foundation. It's Jesus. All right, so Jesus is the foundation, but not only is Jesus the foundation, but Jesus is the cornerstone. All right, now, I don't know about you, but like, I'm dumb. All right, I didn't know what a cornerstone was, which maybe you don't. Maybe, maybe, that's not that wide. maybe that's not that crazy. But I didn't exactly know what a cornerstone was. What I thought it was was not what it was. And so I looked it up on Wikipedia, which is true. Like, Wikipedia is, it's true, like 99.9% of the time. I hope this isn't that 0.1%. But uh, a, the cornerstone in a foundation is the very first brick that's laid. All right? It's the first brick that's laid, and so Jesus is the cornerstone. Jesus, he's the foundation, but then he's the first brick that was laid on that foundation. That's pretty cool to think about. Like We like to say that Jesus started the church, but he did. He started it with his life. He laid the first brick in the foundation that is the church. Now, the church, wait, the cornerstone, not only is that the first, uh, the first brick that's laid, but also that's the brick that determines everything else about that building. It determines where the building's going to go. It determines what's going to be square and what's going to be crooked. All right? Jesus, uh, the cornerstone is the reference point. And Jesus is that for us. Like, as bricks in this, in this thing called the church, we need to lay our lives in line with what Jesus um, the, the reference point of Jesus Christ. See, Jesus is the foundation and the cornerstone. Um, everything that we do must be, like, we need to be laying our brick, like our life in line with Christ. So what, is it, what, what does this mean for us? All right? Jesus is the foundation. What does that really mean for us? Well, as a church, everything that we do, whether it's youth ministry, kids ministry, Serving in the community, everything that we do, Jesus needs to be the foundation and the purpose behind it. Jesus needs to be the reason, his power, his glory. Listen, Jesus needs to be, Jesus and his, uh, his will 
and His glory needs to be behind everything that we do. You personally, Jesus and His will and His glory needs to be, needs to be the foundation of everything that you do. Jesus is the, 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 the cornerstone. Well, what does that mean for us? That means that He's the standard and the reference point for our life. Like, are we lining up with Him? I'm not the standard. Cliff isn't the standard. And Cliff's the pastor, so I'll use him as an example. All right. <laughs> Right? Cliff knocked on me last week. I'm not doing that to him. All right. Cliff is, Cliff can't be the, if Cliff is the example, as much as he loves the Lord, and as much as he's trying his hardest to follow Christ every single day, Cliff's still a sinner. He's still hopelessly stained by his, by his own sin. Like, he's got his sinful nature that's just, that he's, that he's going to have as long as he lives. Like, if Cliff is the standard, like, we can, we can, that's attainable. Like, if, if, you're, if your goal is to be as good as Cliff, like, if you tried really hard at it, you could one day be as good as Cliff, all right? I'm serious, all right? Look, but Cliff isn't the standard. Like, honestly, honestly, the only really good thing about Cliff is the fact that Jesus Christ forgave him. I'm not the standard. He's not the standard. Your standard is nothing here but Jesus. Christ and his perfectness, his sinlessness, that's our reference point. That's how we know whether we're square or crooked. So are you lining up? Of course you're not. Right? Of course you aren't. Like, because we're, we're just broken But the beauty is in verse 22. In Him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Jesus is perfect, and He's our reference point. He's what we're aiming for, but don't let that depress you. Don't let that get you down, because look, you're not perfect, and you're not going to be. Like, as hard as you try to lay your life, your, your brick, in line with the brick that is Jesus Christ's life, like the cornerstone, as hard as you try to get that perfect, you're going to fail. The, but the beauty is that where we aren't perfect, we are being built together into a dwelling place by the Holy Spirit. I told you earlier that, we're, that our body is a holy temple to the Lord. Like, the Holy Spirit living in us. Like, as we grow in our relationship with Jesus, as you grow towards Christ daily, the Holy Spirit is pushing you back in line. Maybe He's pushing you a little bit this way. Like, Christ is the cornerstone, so He sees what, what, what the line is, and He's trying to, I need to knock you back this way. Let me smooth this rough edge. Let me, let me repair this chipped, chipped off corner where you're broken like the Holy Spirit, if we will allow Him, and as we grow in Him, shapes us. In Christ, you're no longer aliens. You're citizens of God's kingdom. In Christ, you're no longer strangers to God. You're His own children, adopted by Him. In Christ, you're being built... Like God is using you to build His church. 
you're just uh, another brick, like not just another brick. You're a brick in the greater structure that is um, the church, built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection, with Jesus not only being the foundation, but being the cornerstone, the reference point for how we should live our lives. And the Holy Spirit, if you're in Christ, will shape you. Will will we'll get you in line with, with, with the perfect line that is Jesus. So as I close up, let me, let me just ask you a few questions. Are you an alien in God's kingdom and a stranger to Jesus Christ? Like, think about that. I mean, really. You're here this morning, great. You come to church a lot, great. Have you ever given your life to Christ? Have you ever decided, you know, Jesus, I need your forgiveness in my life. I need you to be my Lord and my Savior. Have you ever, are you still an alien? Number two, are you building your life on the foundation of Jesus Christ? Like, God, God's not building his church, all right, on, on, on the good things that you do. He's not building it on any kind of charismatic leader who, who stands up here and like, whatever. All right? He's not building it on, uh, on what makes you happy or, or what you really want. God's building his church on, on Jesus. Are you building your life on Jesus? Is his will and his glory the purpose behind what you do? And then we talked about how Jesus is the cornerstone. Um, are you allowing the Holy Spirit to get you in line? The Holy Spirit will shape you. As we grow with Christ, as we grow in Christ, He will line us up. So as we close this morning, there's not going to be any music after, like we're done after I'm, after I'm done. But listen, if you're here this morning and God's speaking to you, don't ignore that. Don't ignore, don't, don't worry about, lunch can wait, alright? That roast that's in the oven, let it burn, okay? The, the being first in line at Fats or Copper River, don't worry about it. Like God's speaking to you, that's the most important thing right now. Maybe you're here this morning and you've come to realize that you need to give your life to Christ this morning. That, that, that you're, you're an alien in God's kingdom and a stranger to Him. And look, look we're going to finish, and we're not going to have any closing song and whatnot, but it, by all means, find me. Grab Cliff or Donnie or Chris or somebody in the band or somebody that just looks like they know that they would know what to do about that, okay? Like, grab somebody and talk to them about that. Maybe you're here this morning, and you've come to realize that... Jesus is the cornerstone, and he's laid this perfect line, and where we're supposed to put our bricks right here, yours is over there. And your, li your, your life is just, you just need to get right with, with, with Jesus. Like, you know that you're a Christian, you know that you've been saved by his grace, but you just need to, you need to fix some stuff. You need to get real with Jesus right now. Give him some stuff, pray about something, confess some things, and maybe you need to talk to somebody, cool, grab somebody and talk to them. Maybe you need to just sit in your seat and pray, or you need to come down front and pray. Like, we don't have music, but who cares? It's freedom, fellowship. Free, right? You're free to respond to the Spirit in whatever way. 
Listen, this morning, don't ignore what God's trying to say to you. God's building his church, and he's using us. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for uh, the fact that, that although I'm broken, and I'm sinful, and I'm... God, I'm so messed up, but Lord, you showed me grace and mercy, and you forgive me. And Lord, you're using me as a brick in your church. And God, I, I thank you that, that you use broken people to do incredible things. Lord, I pray that, that the people in this room, Lord, if they need to, if you're speaking to them, God, make speak loudly to them. If they need to give you their lives right now, Lord, knock on that, knock on their heart's door and I pray that they would respond. If anyone needs to get right with you, Lord, that they would use this time to do that. Lord, I thank you so much for all that you do, for your love and for your grace, and I pray this all in your name. Amen.